Referees, fans either love them or hate them. Tonight, we hope to shed some light uh, on the refs of the Arena Football League. On the line, we have Carl Paganelli, who is the AFL Supervisor of Officials. Thanks for joining us, Carl. My pleasure. Thanks for the asking. Um, Carl, for those who don't know, I mean, I... I I've seen what I what I had on you know what I've known that you've been in the league how long you've been in the league. Uh, I've even checked your your Wikipedia page, Carl. Um, <laughs> but for those who haven't, what is your history uh, in being a referee in the AFL and abroad? Well, I you know I, I've been around sometimes I think maybe too long. I've combined fifty one years of uh, college pro and uh, you know arena football together. Uh, I was on the ground floor of arena football when it started uh, when we, you know, had the Nets framework uh, on a big high low and we tried to play this game and come up, uh, you know, with the rules. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I started in uh, college, you know, worked uh, Division One to work uh, Division Two, Division Threes, and then I worked the United States Football League for uh, three years, uh, was in the World League. And then I was supervisor of the United Football League, the XFL, and, and plus was 11 years uh, in the Mid-American Conference as their supervisor and eight years uh, as a technical advisor for the Big Ten. So that's more or less my background on and off the field. You know, so, uh, uh, re- weird question. Any league that you, or, or conference that you've, you've, liked, you've liked better than the other, or they've all had their challenges? They all had their challenges. You know, every league has its challenge. Uh, I had more fun in my career. Uh, I shouldn't say fun, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed high school football tremendously. I just uh, loved the way the schools, you know, prep for their Friday Saturday games. Uh, the student body, the the uh, cheerleaders, you know, the, it's just a different brand. Uh-huh. It's not. It's not business, you know. It's. Uh, it's still the rah rah, you know. Win for, you know, win for the school, win for that. Uh, I, I had a great enjoyment. I've had some great high school games uh, where they had full stadiums, and uh, you know, and I love the challenge of the United States Football League because of, uh, you know, some of the players I got to meet. You know, uh, Reggie White was there, Flutie was there, had the game where Herschel Walker. Uh, broke the rushing record, you know, and so each one has a little bit of different uh, different value to me, you know. Yeah. Right yeah. Now, uh, for those who may not know, or can you give us a, a, a an example of what a week in the life is like for an AFL ref? Well, when he starts, uh, you know, when he gets home, uh, we'll, we have the films here. He, uh, he has to get all his uh, reports in. He has to get his penalty reports in game day operational reports, uh, any uh, disqualifications, uh, any major fouls he wants to take a look, us to take a look at, uh, plus Joe, to see if any fines are going to be involved. And in we don't have anything to do with the fines, but we do write up uh, uh, occurrence that happened on the field for Joe to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Then he pulls down his game film. And myself, Buddy Ward, and Dave Chesney, my two assistants, were assigned games that we view. I'll either look at two or three games a week, same with Dave and Buddy, and then we give them a report back 
Meanwhile, he takes our reports, he reviews the films, he makes down the notes, and then he sends them out to his staff. So they have Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to look at the game and look at our good points that we've seen, uh, some of the things we like to see improved, and some of, like we say, the ugly things that happen that uh, we got to make immediate uh, correction on it. Mm-hmm. Twice or three times a month, we'll have a conference call with our referees, and we'll go, all our reports will be put in, how many fouls we had up until this date. This is... Uh, put out in a big stat sheet and uh, we review that. We review uh, our teams that, uh, you know, are high on fouls. What are some of the fouls that some teams are committing uh, uh, the most of because we also prevent back. Uh, so, like if I would say Orlando has a tendency to line up wrong, make sure you get these guys lined up right from the first play so we don't end up, which we call non-judgment fouls, because you lined up all sides. So we practice during the week, or we discuss during the week how we can cut down on fouls. They will go to their game site, either get in there Friday night or Saturday, depending on the travel time that they have to do. There they will have a meeting. I will pull 10 to 12 plays a week that I sent into Mallory at the office. And mm-hmm. Mallory and our people there will break them down. Okay. And that training tape will go out either, either Wednesday night or Thursday. And then they'll review that at their pregame meeting at the hotel. And it'll be voiced over plays that I pick at random for, uh, you know, every game that's out there. I try to get as many games as I can in 12 plays, but they're usually plays that uh, either trouble plays or we miss coverage or a very good call or a legal formation that uh, some team may be using coming up their tight ends or, uh, you know, different things like that to bring it to their attention so we can go into the game prepared to, to uh, look at what everybody has. Then when they're done with the game, if we have an observer there or I'm there or one of the other two guys, they'll sit down and then we'll review what we've seen. Uh, just, you know, quick a review after the game because we hate to review too much because something we may see standing on the sideboards may look different from a video that we get. And uh, then they're free to go. They're free to take off and head on home the next day and start their job again. So they do that for a good 20 weeks of uh, preparing yourself. Plus, we'll have, within the first 10 weeks, we'll have a test. We send a test out, uh, five or 10 question tests uh-huh. each week that uh, they have to fill out and, uh, you know, answer and get back to their crew chief. and. Uh, uh, they report to me on what questions were wrong. So let's say maybe we have a question about, uh, you know, the, the end board, the end zone board, what do we do on a kick if the ball hits the wall? And maybe quite a few of the guys missed it by by putting down the wrong, you know, yes or no, the ball is dead or alive. Uh-huh. 
that becomes a discussion point in my memo that I send out each week too, which I'll send out after our conference call. Tonight we send a memo out saying, you know, so there is a lot of work that goes into it. It ain't just packing our bag and going. Their mind is uh, working, you know. Uh, I tell them Sunday is a day off for the family. I don't want them to get into any of the camp film work or any of the, uh, you know, reports or anything like that. I want them to take that off, spend time in their family because they've been gone either Friday, two days Friday or Saturday, and mom's been home with the children, taking the kids to softball, baseball games, and I want them to go home and have the family effect before they start their uh, everyday job on Monday and getting their reports in. So it's a busy week for our officials. It's it's a, it sounds like it. Now, now Carl, I'm, I know I've heard fans say before, well, I, I'm always seeing referee X, I'm always seeing referee Y. Uh, at my game, at my home games, how are they assigned to the games? Is it are they are they regional teams or, or how is the league? Uh, how do you guys set it up? That's a disappointment that I have in regards to uh, the way we do it. Our owners want uh, the less travel as we can and the closest we can get to officials in the area, and that's why they're seeing them there. You know, I like to like if we have a let's say a 15 game schedule I would you know I want to see you maybe so many times at home and then catch you on the road but I want new faces all the times coming in Mm -hmm. so you get a new group of officials all the time because there's no way we can work five games for you that a coach doesn't have a displeasure with one of the people on the staff because of a call uh, that occurred, you know, that we don't want to see him again. This way we like to, just like changing laundry, you know, we like to get new laundry in there all the time. Right. Just different faces. I mean, last year, Riley Johnson, who's out of our, uh, comes out of the Carolinas, he works mostly our Florida teams and our uh, New Orleans down in that area. I brought him to Spokane for a, uh, I think it was a championship game there. And the coach uh, from Spokane came to me and says, Carl, is this a new guy that he just came aboard? I said, no, Riley's been in the league for a number of years. How come I don't see him? Well, the owners don't want me bringing somebody from Carolina all the way to Spokane, Washington. They'd rather have our West Coast crew come up there, and that's why it's that way. Okay. Okay. Um, now, Carl. Okay, I'm I'm a guy. I'm uh, I'm looking for something to do. Uh, how do I get hired as an AFL ref? Um, are there spe- any special requirements that I'm going to need if I were to come to you with my CV and say I'd like to be an AFL ref? Yeah, you have to have. Uh, it's in our. Uh, you know, I haven't looked at our bylaws since I left and then came back. I never brought them up, but we used to have the bylaws. That required you had to have five years of major division one college football. Uh-huh. The reason we put that in there when I was supervisor before I left is that when you work arena football game, when you have a packed house like you do at maybe Arizona and some of the places, that crowd noise is just as strong as it is if you're in front of 50,000 people. Right. I mean, you can hear it. I mean, there's times I'm in a replay booth. I can't hear nothing. And, uh, that's the reason we put it in there. So he's accustomed to that that crowd noise, people, 
you know, our people are very close compared to college to you, but we expect that. Plus, five years of Division One football working, you know, like we have Rick Lowe, he works Alabama. We have, you know, guys, uh, Frank Villar that works the Pac-12. We got guys that work the Big Ten. They're playing, they're, they're working with major college conferences and, and outstanding athletes, and so we want them to get that type of experience before we bring them in. It's very hard to bring anybody that uh, just wants to be an official in arena football, number one, because it's a dangerous game. People don't realize the danger involved for our wing people, our head linesmen and our line judge, uh, of people coming at them, they're getting out of the way. Your safest position in our, in our league is your referee and back judge. And so they got to learn safety first, and then we teach them position, and then we teach them rules on it there. But uh, he has to come with us with experience on it there. Because when he comes to us, we want to teach him re- arena football. We don't want to teach him, you know, uh, how to do this and how to do that. Right. He's got, he's got that already taken care of. Okay. Could we say one of your most uh, well-known names would be uh, of referees would be Sean Hockley. Uh, everybody who knows the NFL knows that his father was is a very well-known ref in the NFL. Yeah, yeah Sean ain't with us this year because he's got picked up by the NFL and he'll be on an NFL rostered team, uh, crew this year. You know, Sean is very uh, known. Uh, Dave Kataya, who is the used to be the uh, supervisor of the Pac-12, is one uh, worked many of your college, uh, you know, BCS championship games uh-huh. that, you, that you had there. Riley Johnson has worked a lot of bowl games. I think last year, out of our staff of 58 officials, I think 30-some of them had worked bowl games last year. You know, Scotty Campbell worked the uh, game last year, who was a referee. Frank Villar worked in Notre Dame, Alabama game. So... Uh, you know, our people are known when they see them out there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what fans may call, uh, Carl, questionable, quote-unquote questionable calls, how are those questionable calls usually reviewed after the games? We don't usually see them after the game because we don't have no film work to, mm. you know, to get them after the game. We try to piece together, you know, what may happen on the call and, uh, like we heard about the call of Commissioner and I in uh, in San Jose, but we didn't know what happened other than it wasn't a review because they came to us as that uh, they weren't allowed to review the play of a completed incompleted pass, and I and I, I said that's wrong. That's that's a reviewable play, uh-huh. but we didn't know at the time that uh, Philadelphia was out of timeouts. Ah, okay, and so. We didn't make any comment on it because we hadn't got the full story. And uh, usually we, I don't get it until I'm flying home and I can get into crossover and they have the game up to take a look at the play to see what really happened, you know. Okay. Now, if I'm no, I think in the past and uh, the league is actually, I think, if a call is big enough, Carl, where something has to be said, um, I know it's only happened a few times in arena football league history, but at that point where the league actually makes mention of it in a, in a press release, which as I said, it hasn't been done since the rebirth, but how does that make you feel when the league does something like that uh, as a ref? Good that you have gotten it correct and letting the 
fans know about it, or do you feel like it's just a, a it's a black mark as as a referee? No, no. You you want it to come out. I mean, if uh, we make a egregious error, error, you know, we want it to be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something you try to hide because it, it'll keep coming up again. And if you made the mistake, you admit to your mistake, and uh, you go to work and try to correct that mistake so it doesn't happen again, that's fine. And if they announce that, you know, and let's say the Orlando-Jacksonville game, uh, we let, you know, whatever play happened and it should have been this way, I have no problems with that. I I think it's good for, you know, the league to come out and uh, tell people that, hey, we have made a mistake, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know we mentioned before off air, but I want to ask you so our our fans will know: um, Are refs or yourself or any of your team a part of the uh, rules and competition committee? We uh, we have never. We used to years ago. Now uh, a lot of the rules and competition committee has uh, owners on it and uh, coaches on it. We have not had a uh, representative from the officiating staff either, buddy. I or Dave Chesney, I'm hoping that uh, this year we discussed it about having Buddy on there because Buddy's probably of us three supervisors, our best uh, rules man that that we have. Okay. Uh, the reason why it's good to have somebody with an officiating background because if we change a rule in Rule 3, it may affect a rule in Rule 7. It may have wording that to affect something in Rule 7. Okay. And an owner is not going to know that. A coach coach very seldom will know that. And it's good for us to have an official there. You know, when a rule comes out, the first thing we do as officials look for is the safety factor of the rule, number one. Number two, we look, can we officiate this play? How do we got to, what do we got to do to officiate it? And what category does it fall under in a major foul or or a minor foul on it there? Uh, it's wrong, and, you know, I've expressed this to offices not having uh, a supervisor on there. Buddy, I, and Dave go into Chicago, usually around November. Mm-hmm. We go through the rule book, and we recommend changes to uh, this or changes to that. It's presented to Joe. Joe goes to the commissioner. Commissioner goes to competition board. And then I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I think I'm right in the process I just gave you, that the uh, uh, presidents or the, the owners have the last say on the rule. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to have a, a couple of qu- uh, fun questions here before I let you go, Carl. Um, it Spanning your history, whether it be AFO or whatnot, I, you know, uh, what has been the weirdest play that you have ever seen or called? Oh boy! <laughs> oh man, I, I'm trying to think. You know what? Uh, I've seen so many, probably more things off the field are the weirdest for me than they were on the field. Uh, you know, I tell the story how I was in San Jose, leaning up against the sideboards, and a gentleman come next to me, and uh, I looked at him, and I said, my God, I, I know this guy from somewhere. Okay. Well, he started asking me questions about arena football. So I was telling him, and then I heard the announcer say that 
Jerry Rice is going to flip the coin. So I said to this gentleman, I said, hey, I hate to leave you, but I said, I've always admired Jerry Rice as an player. I want to go out on the field so I can shake his hand before he goes to flip the coin. He looks at me and he said, hey, boy, he said, you've been talking to him for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, that's, you know, those are things I had, but, you know, things happen in a, in a game. You know, i seen a player run. This goes back, uh, ball off the net, get it, and run the wrong way. You know, going the opposite way, going to his opponent's goal line before he was stopped, you know. Uh, you see that a lot on block extra points where players get confused and start running the wrong way. Yeah, I've seen that happen. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, how the crazy thing was that buffalo they get loose in uh, Arizona when they used to bring that buffalo out and uh, he started chasing everybody and we had players on the field and they're all diving in the stands and that buffalo's running around you know uh, yeah Harvey uh, Harvey Wallbanger I think that's what they Harvey call him yeah. yeah I just uh, Minnesota we had the army guys coming down from the sky with the ropes and got hung up there and Dick Nolan was a coach of Minnesota. He's been a 49er coach. We had to delay the game for an hour before somebody could wrench him or free him down. Oh, boy. So a lot of things that occurred that, you know, you shake your head and you say it only can happen in arena football. (laughs) I've had a lot of, the thing that's nice, I've had a lot of good, good times. I've met some wonderful people, you know, wonderful fans, some people that I'd never have met. Same thing when I go overseas. It's it's just been wonderful. You know, so uh, here's a here's something I'm sure you may have been asked before. But the last question I'm going to ask you, Carl, is if you could change one rule or introduce one rule to arena football, what would it be? Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I think these fun questions are turning a little into a little bit harder than you expected. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think. Uh, you know, a rule that we uh, we're probably going to change uh, or have discussion on uh, hands to the face, you know, rule. I think the NFL is going to change it because my three sons work there, and they told me there's something coming out on that. I'd like to see that rule change mm-hmm. because uh, our rule book says I can have my hands to your face if it's not prolonged or I do not force your neck back. And a lot of people think that that should be a foul, but there's more to that foul. I'd like to see any hands to the face by a defense or an offensive player be a foul, not to prolong, throw the prolong out, make it a foul there. I'd like to see that rule changed uh, to a certain extent. Uh, uh, What else have we got? Everything off the net is pretty good. you know, I, I, there's not that many. We have we have basically brought it down to making a pretty decent game that it's not been too complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in, the, you know, we had the sit-down foul that we brought in, and that is not uh, cut down on our uh, uh, DOF fouls. It, it's still our number one foul, and it has not really uh, had an effect on the game, so... I'd like somehow to see, I don't know how we could change that, but, uh, you know, that would be something that we'd take a look at. Uh, 
Yeah, there's only so yeah. much. Yeah, there's only so much you can do when it comes to the offensive yeah. fouls too, with the throwing in of, yeah. of being disqualified and whatnot. And yeah. it's as you know, I'm sure fans fans have complained about that, but they have to understand. I'm sure you would agree that, as you're just saying, you want to try to make the game better. You want to try to stop have having laundry on the on the on the field, and let the game show what you know what the players can do, right? Yeah, see, we, you know, this is the last thing the producer tells us before he leaves. Remember, you guys were working on a two-hour-and-a-half window. we got to get it in, plus they want four commercials at each uh, each quarter, plus they want them to be two minutes. And, uh, you know, we try to, you know, like if I line up with just a little bit of my head in a neutral zone, you know, we try to correct that problem. We might not throw the foul on the play because no advantage was gained. Uh, a lot of people see that and don't understand that we're trying to keep the game moving a lot. If it does have a bearing on the play, like if we run that way and that guy had that advantage of being offside, yeah, then we'll throw the flag. Right. Quarterback takes a one-step drop and fires it to the side. That guy's not even out of his his down position, he's just coming on up and the ball's gone. He's not hurt anybody. And right. So we'll, we'll weigh that off. We'll write a note. We put it down on a note. Uh, defensive end was offside, did not call, no bearing on the play. So when I'm looking at the game, I don't downgrade you or question you why you didn't call that. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what, Carl? I, I really appreciate you being able to join us uh, tonight. I know I'm hoping that this will shed a little bit of light on uh, to, to the fans on what it is like for an AFL ref, and as I said, and when next time that they go into an arena to see an arena football league game, hopefully be able to get give the refs a little bit more slack than they may have, let's say last week. So it's, again, it was my pleasure to speak with you. Good. Well, thank you very much, and I hope someday to meet you personally. And uh, thank you for the time and your effort here tonight. Thank you.